0: our phrase that we do I'm a child of God have in my hand the powerful Word of God it can change lives heal broken hearts save man's soul here's our prayer Lord Jesus today would you speak to me in Jesus name amen give a high five pound your neighbor there let them be encouraged in the Lord all right Turn in those Bibles to 2 Corinthians, chapter 4. 2 Corinthians, chapter 4. I'm beginning a series uh, today entitled Making Each Day Count. I'm going to share that under that theme uh, this whole month. Uh, In two weeks, on the 15th, my uh, brother John will be here uh, for Corey and Megan's wedding. Uh, Several of our family will be here. And so John asked a month or two ago if he could preach since he would be in town. I thought, boy, that's a preacher's way of writing a trip off, isn't it? So uh, anyway, he, uh, he's going to preach that morning. And uh, my son Jeff called. He'll be in town also for the wedding. And he wanted to preach. And I thought, boy, that's all they need is two, two Phillips boys preaching on the same day. But anyway, I said, Jeff, we got, already got a preacher, but maybe you could sing. So he's going to sing. Mark will be in town, so Mark's gonna lead singing while Corey's on his honeymoon. I can't believe he'd leave town on a honeymoon and not be here to lead worship with us. All right? So, Don's waving at me the prayer list, so I guess I should do that right quick. So, put your finger on 2 Corinthians chapter four. We'll come back to that in just a moment. Find your prayer room sheet in your bulletin. Let me mention just a few of these to you. Julie Davis having some additional surgery on uh, June the 9th. That'll be, uh, uh, I believe, that's gonna be next Monday, a week from tomorrow, is that right? Am I adding that up right? Be praying for her. Also, Diane Barnes uh, has uh, requested we continue to pray for Cassandra Gillespie. And Diane, any improvement there, any update? Great. Excellent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's under, Sevea uh, is under the cancer, th- number three down on the cancer list. She's at St. Saint, uh, Saint Francis. So let's be praying for Sevea Hadley. Okay. All right. All um, right. Just keep these all in your prayer. Uh, we have our troops listed. That's the uh, group that works with John McDarris. Uh We have all their names posted out there on the uh, entry bullets aboard. And uh, we're going to be putting a picture or two up around there of them also. Uh, so that as you come by and through your prayer time each week, uh, pray over each one of these uh, uh, soldiers. Pray for God's protection for them, that they'll come home safely. And uh, we appreciate all that they're doing for freedom's cause for us. Yes, Catherine. Mm-hmm. 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 Wow! Praise God. what's his name David Green all right so if you would add David Green to your prayer list heart transplant that number one <coughs> that he could lose some weight quickly and then that uh, the heart transplant would uh, take and he would uh, find some healing for his health Amen. anyone else we need to mention this morning <coughs> anyone all right be praying for those that are been affected by the storms and the floods and all of those issues because they're out there so be praying for them yes Don oh okay so he, he's in desperate need all right well let's let's be praying a little more earnestly for David for his uh, situation all right I'm sure we can come up with a prayer blanket. Let's go ahead. Let's get one. Can we, Catherine, can you and Paul get that to him for us? All right. We'll go get a blanket, and get it started around here. All right. Any other prayer needs that we need to mention this morning? Glad all of you ventured out on a ugly day. I thought it was nighttime for a while. Oh, Ed Wilson asked me. He goes, "Well, how long is this? A, is this truly an all-day thing?" well according to the jewish calendars or the jewish clock they went from six in the morning to six at night so this all-day pastor deal is done at six tonight so uh we'll just use the jewish clock um yeah let's just uh, we'll get it to everybody let's do it that way we'll just start passing around and fred when it gets back to you if you'll take it over that way and then they'll work it their way up toward the front how's that very good and what we do with these blankets is we ask you to tie there's two There's two uh, ends hanging loose. If you tie those in a knot and as you do so, just say a prayer and we'd encourage you to tie several of those uh, as the blanket comes towards you. All right, any other prayer needs we need to mention this morning? Okay, let's take just a moment to uh, pray together and if you would take the hand of the one closest to you. It's our habit here and let's pray. Father, we thank you so very much for your watch over us. We thank you for all the blessings that you give to us and Father, we especially ask you this morning to minister to the needs of those that have been mentioned, and Father, those that uh, are struggling, pray for David. What a what a tremendous uh, position he's in, and we pray that you would uh, continue to preserve his health, and Father, that you might help him to lose weight quickly enough so that the transplant could take place, and uh, Father, he'll find relief for the heart issues that he faces. I'll Be with uh, Diane's mom, and uh, I know the chemotherapy takes it, it out of everybody, and. Seems like the older you get, the more uh, that can happen. So, would you uh, watch over Savea and touch her today? And Father, we love you, and we thank you for your watch care over her and her life. Father, we pray that you will just bless our service this morning, and uh, as we open your word, that you'd speak to each heart. Father, we love you, and we praise you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. All God's people say. All righty. All right. Second Corinthians chapter. Four. I want to begin at verse 1 and if you'll follow along in your in your Bibles let's read down through verse 18 therefore since we have this ministry as we received mercy we do not lose heart but we have renounced the things hidden because of shame not walking in craftiness or adulterating the word, the word of God but by the manifestation of truth commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus is Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the surpassing greatness of the power may be of god and not from ourselves we are afflicted in every way but not crushed perplexed but not despairing persecuted but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed always carrying about in the body the dying of jesus that the life of jesus also may be manifested in our body for we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death works in us, but life in you. But having the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore also we speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will represent us and present us with, with you." For all things are for your sakes, that the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but through our outer man, though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory, far beyond all comprehension, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen, are eternal you've heard it said winners never quit quitters never win and that may be true but there's times when winners simply feel like quitting Can you say amen? amen so what do they do when they want to quit you've heard it said when the going gets tough the tough get going again that may be true but there are times when the going gets tough that the tough want to crawl back in bed and hide from this old cruel world that we live in. So what do they do? Michael Jordan is known as one of the best basketball players of all time. It hasn't always been that way, though. During Jordan's sophomore year at Laney High School in Wilmington, North Carolina, back in the year 78 and 79, he didn't even make the varsity basketball team. He was beat out by a guy named Leroy Smith. Leroy Smith never made it to the NBA, but they cut Michael Jordan, only a sophomore, and put him on the, uh, and he didn't make the varsity squad. He, He settled for junior varsity. His coach said he didn't sulk or threaten to quit. He just started working harder and improving his game. His coach's name was Fred Lynch. Fred went on to say, if anything, it made him more determined. But of course, you couldn't really fault Coach Lynch for picking Leroy over Michael. Leroy was six foot seven, and Michael a mere five- foot 10. But becoming a winner entails the strength to stay at the task, even when you feel like giving up. So making the best of every day, making each day count. I want to talk to you today about undeniable marks of a Christian the undeniable mark of a Christian. Call it whatever you like. Determination, endurance, persistence, tenacity. That defined is an undeniable mark of a champion. One can search scripture and find examples upon example, and even in life, of endurance that's portrayed almost every day. Stories are compelling. There's grit. There's determination. And one of those examples is the Apostle Paul himself. He was imprisoned. He was flogged five times. He was beaten. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked. He'd gone without uh, uh, sleep and without food. He'd been in danger from various elements, yet he remained true to his pursuit His accomplishments are unparalleled with a list of achievements and the advancement of the kingdom of God. But in our text, in 2 Corinthians, he gives us and paints four pictures of endurance. In verse 8, we find the words, we are pressured in every way, but not crushed. Would you underline or highlight the word pressured, then the phrase, but not crushed. This is a picture of a football quarterback being blitzed by the defense and linebackers especially, but evading the tackle. You've watched them, haven't you? They drop back in that pocket and they're sitting there and they're sitting there and they're starting to look for receivers downfield and out of the corner of their eye they see this big hulking man come flying through the air at them only to see him step up and watch that guy run completely behind them. He's evading that tackler. And that's the picture that's here. We're pressured in every way, but not crushed. A second picture in our text that we see, also in verse 8, it says we are perplexed, but not in despair. So underline perplexed and not in despair. And this is a picture of a woman sitting in her office amid statistics, reports, graphs, and plans, not knowing where or whom to turn to for help not giving up and quitting doesn't matter what you think about our presidential candidates there's one thing that i am just totally in admiration of and that's Hillary clinton's ability to never quit she won't quit it's amazing she just looks out at the crowd and she says i'm here I'm, what she say when she started i'm in it to win it she is sticking around and that's amazing to hold up to the tenacity and have the tenacity to stick in there on a national level in a very public way, she's staying with the fight. I admire her for that. But you got a picture of pressure, a picture of confusion. The third picture is that of being chased. In verse 9, it says we are persecuted but not abandoned. So would you underline persecuted and then not abandoned? And the idea here is of being hunted like wild game, but eluding that outdoorsman. I love it when I watch hunters go after a prey and the prey outfoxes them. I love it. Uh, we used to preach in Branson, and, and behind our parsonage was this huge field. And every year during deer season, we'd watch a mama deer and the little deer run with her. And they'd run across that field. And I know there were hunters sitting somewhere wanting to clear shot at those deer because they were wide open. But they ran into the the woods that were beside the parsonage, and it was amazing how fast they could move. And even the little guys, boy, they were moving fast because when mama was moving, they were moving. But I love it when they can elude them. And we watched that same group, that same herd, we watched them year after year work their way across that field back and forth and never get killed. That was amazing. I love to watch that I love to hear hunters tell stories of sitting on the side of a tree and they'll sit on the side of a tree on a little on a little seat not big enough for their seat in freezing cold weather bundled up to the hilt with their gun in hand waiting for a deer unsuspecting deer to walk around them only to have something spook that deer and they got them in the sight and all of a sudden something spooks that deer and they're gone (laughs) And to listen to the stories, boy, I had him, I had him, I had him. Fishermen are the best, aren't they? Boy, I had that, he was this long. His mouth was that big. I had him, I was reeling him in, I got him, my, my rod was bent, it was bouncing, I had him, and that line bink, snapped, and off he goes. Whew, man, we could have fed for a month on that fish. Persecuted but not abandoned fourth picture that we see in our stories in verse 9 also when it says we are struck down but not destroyed. So it's a picture of being thrown down. And this is a picture of a boxer who gets knocked down. The referee's counting, but the boxer is rising to his feet. I think of old, those old Rocky movies. Boy, he got beat up, eyes closed up, bruised up, banged up, but he kept getting up off the canvas. That's what this is a picture of. you've been thrown down. How many times in your life have you been thrown down, been knocked down? It's not getting knocked down, it's the problem. It's staying down, it's the problem. Get up. Get up. The king is coming. Get up. Don't you worry about who's going to be president of the United States. The king is coming. You don't worry about the rising gas prices. The king is coming. You don't worry about food prices going completely out of whack because the king is coming. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See yourself in any of these pictures that I mentioned. You feel pressured. You feel confused. You feel chased. You feel thrown down. The key word in each of these pictures, in each of these verses, is the word "but," because when he says "but," he employs this word to use as a, in contrary to the expectation. You might be knocked down, but you don't stay down. You might be confused, but you can be unconfused. We can do it. You might be chased, but you see. Wouldn't you like to know how the Apostle Paul kept going in the midst of struggle and trial and temptation in his life? He seemed apparently defeated time after time after time. Well, I want to share with you some secrets of endurance because people all too often quit too soon I remember in our own church and I've been here a, a long time seen a lot of people come and go but one will always break my heart and uh, it was a young lady that we had uh, baptized she had overcome alcoholism she was doing tremendous in her rehabilitation uh, sharing Christ she, she found the Lord and was coming to Bible study and was very active all of a sudden and it literally was all of a sudden I will never forget on a wednesday night she's standing in the fellowship hall and she said brother harold i can't come to church anymore and i thought my goodness that's abrupt what's going on and uh, she said i've been trying this jesus thing for a while and every time i try jesus and i try to go deeper with jesus satan attacks me harder and i can't take it anymore she said so i'm going to quit god and it wasn't too much longer uh, i found out she was back in Alcohol rehab again. How tragic is that, folks? To find the Lord and then to walk away from Him again. Hey, He can help you. It's going to get hard. Yeah, it's gonna, the guy that says to you, "You become a Christian, everything's easy." They're lying to you, because now you become aware of the battle, <laughs> and now that you're aware of the battle, now you get to fight the battle. The alcoholism is alcoholism. It won't leave you. Drugs won't leave you. I've prayed a hundred times, God, I just need to lose a hundred pounds. And he says, fine, shorten your arms. I said, what do you mean, shorten my arms? He said, shorten your arms, glue them to your side so it won't reach your mouth. That's the message I'm getting. I bet you I'll lose weight if if I can't get food to my mouth. Of course, as goofy as I am, I just hang my head down by the plate and lift it up with my teeth. There we go. My favorite scene in a movie is the clump family. And they go to a buffet. Have you ever seen that? They're at the buffet. They say, oh, we're, the, we're the clumps, Family of six, and we're hungry. <laughs> and they go to the buffet, and it shows one of them pulling up the pan. He's just scraping the pan out on his plate. Hallelujah. That's my kind of guy right there. But what are some secrets, are some secrets Paul gives us? He, he says two times in verse 1 and verse 16 in this chapter, he says, we do not give up. But he reveals some secrets. Number one, realize that problems are real. Problems are a fact of life. Get in your car. Somebody's going to cut you off. If we had an early church service, we would have been in trouble this morning because they had some bikers, I mean hundreds of them, ride through jinx. They weren't here long. They told me at City Hall, said, I'm not going to be here long, but get ready. Because <laughs> they came right down by our church. <laughs> it's like that. And they're gone. If we had early service, we'd have been in trouble trying to get the bicycle guys and pass us and get us into church. Amen. But praise God, we didn't meet till later, and they rode early, and they were out of the way. Maybe they got rained on while they was riding on Sunday morning. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Lord. I need to repent. <clears throat> I probably should repent of that. Six Flags has, a, has an old boat ride, the Conquistador. Or something. I can't remember the name of it. Remember that, old, that ride you ride through this? It looks like they're shooting cannons out at you, and you see the, you hear the boom, and you see the little flash of, of fire come out of the front of that, and then the water around your boat splashes like a like a cannonball hitting. It. It's all fake. But I'm telling you, we live in a world that life's problems are real. Women having abortions, marriages crumbling. Real pain, real problems, real frustrations. People getting sick experiencing disappointments, shedding tears, being touched by death. I was asked to do a funeral a week or so ago. A family I didn't know, they called the, the funeral home call and asked if I would do it. I said, sure, i visited visit with the family. It's always an opportunity to minister. They said, we don't want any preaching, we don't want any singing, we're just short, sweet, and to the point. I thought, how tragic is that? The lady is closed casket. They had her, uh, the funeral director told me they had buried her in her full-length mink mink coat. Uh, I guess that was important for her to have in her casket. Because it's going to rot the same way her body is going to rot because she ain't there anymore. (laughs) But they didn't want anything, but they got a little, whether they wanted it or not, I can't can't do something like that (laughs) without giving them a little bit. So I gave them a little bit. And afterwards, the daughter-in-law came up and she said, Pastor, that was exactly what we needed to hear. I was grateful for that grateful for that but you know folks we live in a in a world that needs the answers that God can bring because you see Christians are not to live without purpose William Barclay put it this way he says these trials are sent not to make us fall but to help us soar they are sent not to defeat us but that we may defeat them they are sent not to make us weaker but to make us stronger and you are stronger after you have worked through the difficulties true oh it happens every time it happens every time if you're gonna get a flat you're gonna get a flat tire on the day when it's raining like it was a while ago and you're gonna be around nobody to help you but you amen I remember Brad Caleb telling that story he went down to Hobart and he, had, he he came upon the guy that had a flat tire or was it Brad that had the flat tire I think Brad had the flat some guy pulled it behind him, and it looked like a redneck guy from Arkansas and Brad thought he was in deep trouble he thought this guy was gonna kill me But he came up and offered to help him in pouring down rain. fix that flat tire. You see, that's what it's all about. And that's what you and I need to be about. Because problems are a testing time. They don't arise to destroy us, but to, to develop us. Problems arise for the purpose of producing endurance and strength in our lives. Kites fly highest against a stiff wind. Roses need to be pruned for their full beauty to Blossom. A goldsmith relies on fire to purify the gold. A sculptor needs to gouge and cut the wood or the stone for that masterpiece to shine through. Flower petals must be crushed for their fragrance to come forth. Violin strings must be stretched, stretched tight for the music to be played. A blacksmith had a great faith in God despite a lot of sickness in his life. An unbeliever asked him one day how he could continue to trust God who let him suffer. When I make a tool, this blacksmith said, I take a piece of iron and put it into the fire. And then I strike it on the anvil and see if it will take temper. If it does, I can make a useful article out of it. If not, I toss it on the scrap heap and sell it for two pounds to the penny. Maybe God tests you and me like that. When suffering has come our way, I know that I've come out the better for it. So much so that I can honestly say, put me in the fire, Lord. And if that's what it takes, please don't throw me on that scrap heap. When you're faced with real problems, don't ask, why is this happening? Say, Lord, what can I learn from this difficulty in my life? The second secret he reveals to us is that we should release the power of God. We have a secret weapon in facing the difficulties and pressures of life. In verse 7, it says, Now we have this treasure in earthen vessels or clay jars so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. Paul describes us as clay pots, fragile, easily broken but we have a stabilizing force within us to help us not crack under pressure. God's desire is to help these vessels, you and me, made in His image, to mature in the furnace of trials without cracking. The power is found in our inner strength. And that inner strength is directly proportional to the need in our life at that moment i read a story this week about a woman who lost her husband in a fatal plane crash when he was only forty five it was a tragic experience and this wife was a strong person yet in many ways completely dependent upon her husband and when she was asked how she got through this horrifying ordeal she said if someone had told me this was going to happen before it happened I would have told them that I could not survive such pain and suffering. But through this experience, I have felt the quiet, calm, and comforting presence of God. He has given me the strength I have needed to face each day. Hallelujah. That quiet, calm, and comforting presence of God is that power of God. It's being released in direct proportion to the need of the moment. So how do we release the power of God in our life? Simply by acknowledging our need for it. There's been a a thought going around that says God helps those who help themselves. And I think to some extent that's true. But the greater testimony is the fact that we call on God in our time of need. And when you acknowledge that you need Him, great things can happen. I know in my own life I've watched my brother protect me my older brother when I was younger and got in got in uh, uh, trouble he would come to my rescue and they never would uh, hit old Big John because Big John was there and he was gonna take somebody out and so I always appreciated that and so it is with God we can we can find God's help in our time of struggle in fact Paul describes that in this in chapter 12 of 2nd Corinthians in verses 9 and 10 when it says but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for power is perfected in weakness therefore i will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may reside in me so because of Christ i am pleased in weaknesses in insults in catastrophes in persecutions and in pleasure and in pressures for when i am weak then i'm strong this is the section where paul prayed three times for the thorn in the flesh to be removed And God said no each time. Now nobody I know in Scripture uh, beyond Jesus who was more influential, more powerful, more authoritative than the Apostle Paul. Nobody. And yet God chose to not answer his plea three times. He said no each time. So we've got to understand that you and I may have weaknesses. You and I may have struggles. You and I may have pressures. And he's not going to remove them just so that you and I can have ease. He's going to let us work through them to his glory. his glory third key is respond to other people's needs respond to them and that goes contrary to our culture this very thought of responding to other people's needs most often we're confronted with trouble and we become more selfish we become wrapped up in our own self interests and our own self-concerns but enduring strength comes not from becoming selfish but by becoming selfless Paul wrote it this way in our text back in chapter 4 look at verse 15 he said for all this is because of you so that grace extended the more through more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to God's glory so you see as you struggle Begin to reach out more into the lives of others give of yourself It's the greatest gift that you can give and it's the greatest tool for healing and recovery that you can ever experience If you're struggling go help somebody Well, I, I, I don't know who to help Well, come ask me. I'll find four or five. That I bet you could help I bet somebody's grass needs to be mowed Jerry Rezit some of you know Jerry Jerry's on he's waiting for a heart transplant uh, Jerry and I had breakfast the other day got God's appointment uh, Jerry sit down and he pulled out I mean his plate that he ordered I thought man I could eat everything he's got on that plate he had bacon he had hash browns he had eggs he had toast he was putting jelly on the toast I was going glory to God this man's fixing to have a heart he needs a heart transplant going for his last treatment at Mayo Clinic on the esophagus once that's healed and he thinks it will be after this treatment then he's ready for the heart transplant but here's what Jerry told me he said brother Harold he said if you know any of the older people at church that need their grass mowed, he said just call me I'll be glad to go mow their grass he said I bought a riding lawnmower he said I couldn't mow my own grass a year ago but I can ride it now and I ride now and I, and I cut my grass he said now if their back gates not big enough I can't do the back but I can do the front he said, I'll load it up. on. I bought a trailer, and I put it on my trailer, and I'll go mow their grass for me. Now, I don't want any money. Why do you think God's going to heal Jerry? Because he knows how to give outside of him. He's having a heart transplant. But somehow he's going to come mow. So I went home and mowed my grass. My knee hurt. Oh, my feet hurt. Oh, my goodness. But I thought of Jerry sitting on a riding lawnmower mowing. with his heart transplant. Surely I can get out and mow my grass. Hallelujah respond to other people's needs. See this verse? For all this is because of you so that grace extended through more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to God's glory. You will never know what you guys did this morning means to my heart. You will never know how special this and this is so special that you as a congregation would say to me as your preacher, here's how much we love you. It is overwhelming. It is very overwhelming. And I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Because we can't give enough to each other, can we? But the glory of God shines forth. How Russell was able to get the city council (laughs) and the mayor and the city council To do what he did. That's uh, that's overwhelming, folks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love that young man. He's such a humble servant, isn't he? He's just fun to be around. He's got this goofy grin on his face all the time. And when he and Tanya are together, I thought, my goodness, that's just ugly love right there. That's just ugly love. Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2:10, he said, "This is why I endure all things for the elect, so that they may also obtain salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory." Why do we give? Why do we give outside ourselves? Why do we help others in their time of need? It's so that we might bring the message. The bright being the message of Christ. Endurance is motivated by compassion. It is it is it is the will to serve, not the will to power. One can discover strength and endurance in facing the pressures of life by giving ourselves away for the benefit of others. Just give it away. Sadhu Sundar Singh was a well-known missionary in India. One day he and a friend were traveling up a steep mountain on their way to a monastery. An icy blizzard threatened their lives and suddenly they heard a cry for help Several feet to the side of the path was a form of someone lying half hidden in the snow. Sadhu said, we must help. The friend said, we cannot help. Fate has decreed that he must die. We have no time to spare or else we will die. So the man went on while Sadhu stayed to help his fallen brother. If I must die, I will die saving someone, he said. The figure in the snow was a man with a broken leg. Sadhu made a sling out of his blanket and he dragged that half-frozen man through the ice and the slush. Then off in the distance he saw a faint light. As he drew close he saw it was the monastery. Now in his heart he knew that they, they could make it. But suddenly he stumbled and he fell over something hidden beneath the fresh snow. He brushed off the white powder and saw the frozen body of his friend. In his selfish haste to save his own life, that man lost his life. Sad his life was spared because he was willing to give his life, helping someone in need. Endurance comes to those who give their life away to help others in a great cause. The fourth key is found in our text is regain a new perspective. Regain a new perspective. Endurance comes by discovering a new way of looking at a situation. Is the glass half empty or is it half full? Boy, a lot of truth to that. One of my favorite speakers is Ziglar, Zig Ziglar. And Zig Ziglar said what most people need is to check up from the neck up. Because <laughs> you see, you got too much stinking thinking going on and you got to change it. I love what Russell stood and told us back in February. He said, we need to expect things to happen here. We need to expect God to move. We need to expect Him to do it. Yeah. Instead of sitting back and going, "Ah, he ain't never gonna," do it. nope, it never happened. No, nope, now I've been here too long. Now, nope, man, up. up Now, nope, now, nope. when you expect him to do it, amen? I'm expecting when I put names on that board back there over the, all the all the three months in the summer, and you're gonna start taking names and knocking on doors. You start knocking on doors, the numbers increase in the church. We might bring people to salvation if you go knock on a door. Well, we're paying you, preacher, to go knock on the door. I'll be out there. <laughs> Come with me, amen. Let's go knock on doors together. It'll be great. Russell said, Pastor, they'll think we're Mormons. I said, just don't wear a tie and a white shirt. You'll be good. <laughs> he's, he's always thinking, isn't he? Always thinking. Look at our text, verse 17 and 18. Look what Paul says. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Our eyes should be focused on the bigger picture. Sure you're struggling now. Sure you're, sure you're having difficulty now. But guess what? God is still on the throne. Doesn't matter who's president. Doesn't matter what price of oil is. Doesn't matter about any of that. It only matters that God's on the throne. That's it. As you pump that 4 50 I would say just jack the price up $7 a gallon and get it over with. Amen? Quit just teasing us, 20 cents, 20 cents, 20 cents, drop it a penny. 20 cents, 20, 20 cents, Drop it a penny. We're all going, ah. If it drops down to 350, we'll all be shouting hallelujah in the streets. Woo, just three fifty a gallon. Glory to God. It's been estimated in 10 years, China will consume all of the oil reserves that are available today in this world in 10 years. They'll consume all just by themselves without our help. Hello. Hello. We've been living extravagantly. We've been living lavishly. But you know what? None of that matters, does it? I heard somebody say their trucking company that they drive for, $40,000 a week in fuel expense. Now, how do you absorb that? $6 a gallon gallon milk. <laughs> $3.49 a box of of uh vanilla wafers oh excuse me 3.99 and kick that up 50 cents overnight 3.99 for a box of vanilla wafers soda pops going up bottled water glory to god what happened to turning on the tap and sucking her down here we go just get an empty bottle fill it up and you'll have bottled water glory to god just a thought as i drink bottled water in front of you right <laughs> That's an empty bottle I feel today. Many years ago, a retiring missionary, a couple was traveling back to the States on an ocean liner. They had faithfully served all their adult life in a foreign country, giving up most of the comforts of life in order to spread the gospel. And as their boat was coming into harbor, a cheering crowd was uh, heard on the shore. Could it be a welcoming home celebration For me, thought the husband, as they got closer, however, they realized that the reception was for a foreign dignitary who also was on board that ship. Walking down the gangplank, the husband whispered to the wife, I can't believe that no one is here to greet us. I've given the best years of my life and no one cares. While this diplomat was receiving accolades, I am receiving nothing. It's just not fair. And the man's wife whispered back, but honey, you're not home yet. You're not home yet. Father, as we approach our time of invitation, when we live in light of eternity, recognizing that you keep books on us books on us all. We can just keep on keeping on, knowing that one day, one day, Father, we will receive the greatest and the grandest homecoming of all time. Father, would you challenge each of our hearts to keep on that task the, the game is not over. We can be a winner in spite of overwhelming odds if we just don't give up too soon. So, Father, if there's someone here this morning that needs a special touch from your spirit, would you give it? Father, if there's someone here this morning that just needs to know that you love them and care about them, would you use us, your vessels, to provide that? There might be someone here this morning that's never, ever claimed you as their Savior. Father, would you give them the courage to let us know that so we could we could teach them we could work with them in, in your word and help them to understand the importance and the gravity of that decision not to be taken lightly but to be enjoyed and experienced with the fullness and abundance that you provide and there may be someone here father that's looking for a church home that says you know I'm, I'm a Christian I've been a Christian a long time but I, I sure like what I see at this place and I want to put my roots down here and I'm going to bring people to this place Father, there might be somebody in this room that's uh, feeling that way. And then again, Father, there might just be somebody that just needs to pray. That's what the cross is at the front for. That's what the chairs are here they can get on their knees. Father, you know that there will be people in this body who will come join them. Lord, we just ask you to do whatever you need to do in each of us, that we'll respond the way you want us to respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing this great song. And this is-